This week on Chronicle Headlines, we are joined by staff reporter Jordan Perkins to talk about Columbia's 10% tuition increase, new standardized fees, residence rate halls increasing, and more. Then, co-host Amherst Edwards talks with staff reporter Kristen Getsky and photojournalist Bianca Cruzel about The Office experience, which is based on the popular and long-running series The Office. Fans will be able to take pictures throughout the Dunder Muffin office, including at Pam's desk, Michael's office, and Ryan's closet, as well as in Shirt Farms. Finally, managing editor Anna Busalaki speaks on her in-depth coverage of U.S. journalist and 2009 Columbia Journalism alum Danny Fenster and his detainment and then release from a prison in Myanmar. President and CEO Kwangu Kim announced a 10% tuition increase beginning in fall of 2022 for undergraduate students at a meeting with Student Government Association on Tuesday, November 16th. The tuition raise will affect full-time and part-time undergraduate students as well as international undergraduate students. In addition to the increase, residence hall rates will be increased by 2.5% for the next academic year. In an interview with The Chronicle on Tuesday, Kim said the college is currently operating with a very severe deficit, some of which was planned and some of which is related to unexpected COVID-19 costs. Some updates for fees, additional fees for instruction, registration, technology, the health center, and student activities will become standardized, costing $1,450 per year. This does not include fees for study abroad and semester and LA programs and the UPASS. In addition to this, the college is eliminating the $175 graduation fee. And beginning in fall of 2022, students will be able to take up to 18 credit hours with no additional charge as opposed to the previous 16 credits. Kim also said to students that the school is struggling with so little to go around. Kim described Columbia as extremely dependent on tuition dollars because it is the source of 85% of the school's revenue. Staff reporter Jordan Perkins is with me today to talk about the tuition raise and what it was like reporting it. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Hi, Nathan. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm holding up. Um, I know it's been a very busy week for the both of us uh, with this tuition story and then all the other chronicle and schoolwork thrown at us. How has this week been for you? Yeah, honestly, it's been pretty hectic for me. Yeah, but also really good. Um, I feel like I just feel like this certain amount of happiness, like, you know, putting out such an important story like this, because it, it made me feel kind of like like an official reporter, you know, just um, it feels rewarding to know that I'm a part of something big by um, publishing, getting the story out. You mentioned it made you feel like a real reporter. And I remember actually earlier in the week, I, I mentioned about how this kind of reminded me of sort of local government reporting where you, you know, you tend, you attend meetings and then you kind of report on what was said and what new policies are. And I remember kind of recommending you, Hey, maybe we could apply for what was it? The daily line or I think it was. The, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, same thing from here. I felt like, I felt like, wow, like this is legit. This yeah. Is right. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Well, on that note, I know you talked with some union representatives and some faculty, and you were kind of thrown into the SGA. I mean, I know we both had attended the last chat meeting uh, previously, and then we also attended this one on Tuesday. What are some things you learned throughout the process of contacting all those people and having to report on such a timely breaking news story? Yeah, so I learned that like being by my laptop and my phone waiting for responses was um, like very imperative just because totally. you can't step away. You could miss a call like just like that. So, yeah, staying by there. Um, these are important people to come up with. I mean, to keep up with. So and also I just truly realized like how important the job was. Because I remember when I was speaking to the membership chair of USFCC, Matthew, really, they told me, thank you for working on this. And it just, you know, really stuck to me. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. I know that we were actually in class and you had to, you had to run by your phone to mm-hmm. have that call. To get them. that call. Yeah. That and I, was... I actually ran out with you as well because I was like, wanted to make sure everything went well. I was like. This is such an important call. Right. <laughs> but no, yeah. on, on that bit about Matthew, really, I know they also, in your interview, they mentioned that uh, it seems like the email went out about the tuition raise, and then most people were looking to the Chronicle or union reps for uh, answers to questions they had. And, you know, that really made me feel like, oh, man, people are really looking to the Chronicle us yeah, right you know to answer the questions and you know this really r- reminded me that this isn't just a story this it's people's lives this right? is their futures this is you know everything to them so yeah just such an important story and I, you know i knew how important it was for us to report on it and to also report on it accurately and fairly you know not just reporting from one side right uh you know which brings me to the student government association uh Reese given's quote where she said that uh, I want to empathize with the administration because I understand that the position the school is in, we are in debt and we're having to run on a very tight budget. And then she said, uh, but I don't know if putting the college debt on the backs of students who are also in debt and taking out loans was the best idea. Mm. Yeah. You know, so for me, kind of just hearing that quote, I know the story actually isn't out yet. It should be out later, yeah. later tonight. But, you know, seeing that quote, you know, while we were writing it, it just made a huge impact on me because yeah. I felt like I think it's so important to recognize this school situation. I know they they had been in deficit for quite some time. Yeah. The tuition hadn't been raised for two years. Mm-hmm. But none of that makes any of this less hard for students who are taking out loans and are already in debt and I feel like it's such an unenviable situation the school is in to have to try to take financial responsibility for the school mm-hmm. and kind of having to figure out how how they can keep the school safe right so how is it to sort of have to report on both sides while having to stay neutral because I know that's something that's very important in journalism staying neutral and I know that even during this interview we're having right now, we, we need to kind of stay neutral. So yeah. how is it how is it having to do that? Yeah, honestly, I would say it wasn't hard staying neutral for this. I think mainly because of my own personal situation. I'm graduating in the spring, so I wasn't really affected. 
I won't be affected by the tuition increase. And I just didn't, I, and because of that, I didn't have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, any personal thoughts I think that would get me, um, yeah, since I didn't really have a lot of thoughts on it when it was announced in that meeting, just because of my standing with the school and yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you bring up a great point. Um, I'm also graduating in the spring, so the tuition increase doesn't affect me either. But I know a bunch of people who it does, and so I feel like, you know, kind of my role and my intent while writing the story was to truly try to inform as accurately as possible. I know that some of the reactions online really showed me how important it is to really try to make sure people are truly, truly informed on the numbers, what's happening, the fees, yeah, absolutely. the rates. And I just one thing I wanted to touch on is while this is a big increase, you know, at mm -hmm. what ten percent and just abruptly, you know, it's not even a gradual increase, but just a ten percent increase starting next next fall is big. That's huge for some people. Yeah. And that you know, and um Having said that, you know, I know that, you know, Columbia is still significantly cheaper mm -hmm. than its competitors, uh, DePaul, Savannah, and Emerson. I, having that information out there was just important to just make sure people know exactly what the numbers are. Oh, for sure. So that they can make informed decisions. I know those are their decisions to make, but I just wanted to make sure that the information was out there. Yeah, get the full story. Yeah. I know we're running out of time here, but the article should be out next week. Make sure to take a look, WSRX listeners. This will be an update to the tuition article posted on Tuesday and will feature reactions from students, staff, faculty, and union representatives. Thanks for being here, Jordan. Yeah, thank you for having me. Are you a fan of hit NBC comedy show, The Office? Today I'm with staff reporters Bianca Creasel and Kristen Getsky who covered a Michael Scott production, The Office Experience Opens in Chicago. The Office Experience is a two-story immersive display of the famous NBC show, The Office. It's located at 540 North Michigan Avenue. The experience opened October 15th. Hi Kristen, how's it going today? I'm good, how are you doing today? I'm good. Bianca, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in. I'm personally a fan of The Office and have watched all the seasons, and I know I'm not the only one who's excited to learn more. What drew you all to cover this? I was walking to class, and I actually saw an ad for it, and I love The Office, and I watch all the seasons. It's, like, literally one of my favorite co uh, comfort shows, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I have to pitch this when we have our staff meetings, and so I pitched it, and they were like, yeah, go ahead, like, that's perfect, because it's really perfect for, like, college students, and so I emailed the people that were working at the office and they got back to me they added me to their like journalism list and I just pitched it and then I was like hey like Kristen you want to help me on this and she was like yeah let's do it so that's kind of how we were able to do it and then who collaborated on creating the experience and why did they feel the need to provide the space so it was actually a three-way collaboration between uh, Superfly X Universal Live Entertainment and actually, Greg Daniels, who's the creator of the U.S. version of The Office, all worked together to make this experience happen. So last year, um, they had Friends the Experience, which was, you know, an interactive uh, display and set recreation of uh, Friends. So they decided, you know, we're um, in the city. The Mag Mile has so many different types of people that can come here. Some of them have to be, you know 
fans of The Office, so they just decided to collaborate together and make it an immersive, exact replica. In what ways can attendees interact and feel like they're in the office? So um, the set is an exact replica of the NBC studios. So um, fans can go in, they just have to wear a mask, and they're able to go around and sit in the set, interact with it. There are actually uh, interactive um, voicemails when you pick up the phones in the office, and there's just a bunch of different um, sets and replicas of famous uh, episodes. So um, fans can go and take pictures, interact, and pretend they're actually, you know, in the middle of an episode. Yeah, I know I was looking at some photos online, and I saw that they had um, the chili pot mm-hmm. on the floor, that and I saw, that, one. Yeah, yeah, I saw I the actually, fans could take pictures and things like that. Yeah, um, we actually, like, took a lot of pictures in the immersive experiences. So, like, I have a picture of Kristen, who's, like, uh, with the pot and, like, pretending to drop it, and, like, there's a picture of me, like in Michael's desk where I'm like holding the number one best boss and just like looking into the camera and like even they even have like the famous like places where they did their interviews and like rooms and like tripods where you could like put your phone and like look at different lines and stuff and it was really cool. Mm, That sounds so engaging. Uh, With COVID-19 still being prevalent, how was the office experience created to be fun but still safe? So they have specific areas where you're allowed to take your mask off and most of those spaces are like in specific rooms or like outside of like where the general public is so like one of the spaces that you can take your mask off and take pictures is michael's office and since that's outside of like the main area of like where the other office like stuff is you're allowed to take your mask off and like take that picture um and like where those are um like it's like totally safe and totally okay and then there are places like where that you're required to wear your mask like in like the the main office area and in like some of the other places like they have like an area where like there's like a Schrute's farm area (laughs) you have to keep your mask on and stuff and like where they just like have different things yeah and basically uh all around they have like hand sanitizer stations so you're able to you know hand sanitize after interacting with the um you know props and equipment and basically what they just said is keep your mask on Try to social distance as much as you can and enjoy your time there. They created the whole experience during the pandemic. So they had the pandemic in mind when they were making this exp- this entire like thing. So that was definitely like one of their main concerns. Uh, personally, I want to ask the both of you, what was your favorite part of the experience? So I think my favorite part is since I um, am an avid Office fan, I was able to relive, you know, really fun episodes and there's a part where you're able to see um, Jim and Pam's like entire love story and have it, you know, correlate out from the teapot to their wedding where you were able to dance down the aisle. So I enjoyed that it was very interactive and someone who is an avid fan can find, you know, really fun throwback memories. But then some people who have never seen The Office, they can learn about The Office as they go through the experience. I think my favorite part was they have at the very beginning of the experience, they have this area where they have like the actual props from the office. So they, they actually have like the jello with the stapler in there. They actually have like the CPR mask and everything that like Dwight scalps and just puts on his face. And like seeing those like real props there was like so cool to just like, like be like, oh my gosh, like that's what they actually used. And they have like the characters outfits and stuff that like they act like the actors actually wore and they have those on display too. And it's really cool to see those different types of props. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. It sounds uh, like a lot of fun. 
Tickets range from $37.50 to $45 depending on the time slot selected. Students can get a 10% discount in the retail store by showing their student identification card. The office experience continues until January 17th. Thank y'all for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. U.S. journalist and 2009 Columbia Journalism alum Danny Fenster was released from a Myanmar prison on Monday, just a few days after receiving an 11-year sentence for various charges related to his work as an editor and reporter in the country. Fenster, the managing editor of the online publication Frontier Myanmar, was freed from Insan Prison in Yangon, Myanmar, with the help of former U.S. diplomat Bill Richardson, who negotiated with Myanmar's military ruler, Senior General Min Ong Kleng. Fenster arrived in New York this Tuesday, Anna Busalaki, managing editor for The Chronicle, is with us today. Hi, Anna. Hi, Nathan. So, Anna, you've been covering this situation since June of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. So, just briefly, for people who don't know who Danny Fenster is and who don't know the situation, could you briefly explain it for them? Yeah. So, Danny Fenster is a 2009 Columbia journalism alum, and... He was detained in Myanmar, an insane prison in Yangon, Myanmar, for six months uh, for doing his job as managing editor at Frontier Myanmar, which is a publication based in Yangon. Yeah. And you actually, um, well, you've been really invested in this story and have been covering it phenomenally. Uh, Just first off, how does it feel hearing that he was released? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was such an exciting moment and I'm so happy cried tears of joys for (laughs) uh the Fenster family and everyone who you know really followed this story through and care so much about Danny um and just you know writing the story the Friday before he was released about this 11-year sentence he was given after these six months of um, imprisonment and and not really clear what the charges against him were um, and then finding out on Monday that he was released was just such a joyous moment that we were all holding out for since the beginning of hearing about his imprisonment yeah no, I know you mentioned the 11 years and then it's just it was such an emotional kind of roller coaster of of suddenly being sentenced to 11 years so then suddenly being free mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what was your reaction when he was initially sentenced to 11 years? Uh, That was just really hard, you know, um, following the story since June, like you said. And every time I talked to Brian and, you know, getting updates about Danny, it was like always like... That's Danny's brother, right? Yes, Brian is Danny's brother. Uh, Every time we talked, it was always I was always hoping that you know there would be good news and and when there wasn't it was just like my heart ached for for him and, and the, the Fenster family uh, and it was really just such an unfortunate and uh, horrible situation that was unjustified and so then hearing that 11 year sentence was like what now like you know what what's going to happen to Danny and I just couldn't imagine what his family was feeling like Uh, but it was truly magical what happened on Monday it was it was and I know you mentioned about you've been kind of covering this for a while now 
when you first took on the story, did you have any idea you'd be covering this for so long? I mean, I believe you've, you've written about eight articles so far. Yeah, I, I wish I hadn't had to write that <laughs> many articles. Um, but it was really great to be able to share Danny's story with uh, the Columbia community and keep that story alive for the Fenster family that they were working so tirelessly to do with all different media outlets. So, Was this story, was it kind of when it first happened, were you ever a bit unsure or nervous about taking it on? Because it's such a big, it's a big story. Yeah, um, I guess nerves were definitely involved, but I think with a story like this one, it was so much, um, I was so passionate about it and I knew like how unjust it was and just thinking about Danny sitting in a prison for just doing his job as a journalist, which is what I'm trying to do as a student here. Um, that was really just the driver to, to do this story and continue it and for his family, for him, and for just the greater community that's reading it. Nay, you mentioned a great point. I mean, we're both journalists, and so we could very much have been in this situation, you know, in a jail cell, not knowing when we were going to go back home, if we're going to go back home, you know, just for doing our job. And I know you mentioned passion. Um, that I think that's, you can definitely see it through your writing and through your coverage of the story. Thank um, you. So I guess another question I have is, what were some of the most memorable moments you had while covering this story? Yeah, every time I talked to Brian, Danny's brother, was memorable. Um, I, I haven't previously covered stories that um, dealt with such a serious situation and um, really just, you know, empathizing with him and, and what he must be going through and, and just trying to share Danny's story as accurately and as best as possible for you know, the cause of, of getting him out and getting people aware so that they can help, they could help contact their local officials and, and get him uh, out of the situation he was in. Now, what have you learned as a journalist, as a journalist while covering this? Yeah, so as a journalist, it's, um, it's been a whole overarching message of free press and the importance of what journalists do and um, in a lot of places, sometimes just our job is a threat, is seen as a threat, and um, it's, really, it's really terrifying, but to be able to write about that as a journalist uh, was very empowering, uh, especially you know in the stage I'm at, uh, just still learning about journalism as a student. So that was, that was such a huge learning experience for me, and, really realizing the role of journalists in society and and when you know we're trying to bring amplify voices um and also just this greater concept of like in journalism classes you always talk about localization how like there's things happening all around the world but how do you connect it to your community and what's going on where you're from and this story was exactly that uh such a such a important and uh, such an important issue happening 
and how do how do you get people to care about it and connect and and that was really what this was about and that was my goal writing all of the articles and talking to Brian and just trying to get people to you know see this and and care and really um you know follow follow through with it and and do something about it so yeah I know and I think you've definitely achieved your goal of that and I know you mentioned a bit about you know in journalism classes having to report upon things and then kind of localize it like how does this affect our community and I think since he was an alum here that was kind of a Mm no-brainer um but would you actually would would you be following up with Danny and the rest of his family I know since you know he's a Columbia alum and you've talked with his family a bit maybe he'd be more inclined but were you ever thinking about following up and kind of just doing another story on that yeah I would like to um there's nothing like currently in the works um I want to give Danny and his family some privacy during this time and just um be able to embrace one another yeah Yeah. um but yes I would I would absolutely love to talk to him and and the Fensters in the future um and Danny actually spoke at a press conference um on Tuesday and there he talked about a little bit about what he experienced and kind of the greater story here, um, which is just the situation in Myanmar. Um, yeah, the the government was taken over by a military regime in a coup on February 1st. And uh, ever since, there's been just a lot of violence um, upon civilians and many political prisoners like Danny are still in that um that prison and in that situation. So he was saying that that's really the greater story here. And I would like to also continue to just write about that greater story as well. Thanks so much for coming in today, Anna. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was the Chronicle Headlines. I'm your host, Nathan Serkin. And I'm Amherst Edwards. And And we'll we'll see see you next time. time.